This is Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing with Dr. Denise Johnson, a show dedicated to the integration of spirituality, faith, mental health, and emotional wellness. I believe where your spirit leads, your emotions, power, and destiny will follow. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing, and I am your host, Christian emotional wellness expert and licensed mental health professional, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the excellent topic for today's show is the fertility journey and pregnancy loss, traditional and holistic tools to manage the unexpected and unimaginable. And this is part two to a show we began last time. And my guest is Dr. Lori Johnson. Dr. Lori Johnson is a licensed marriage and family therapist with more than 25 years as a clinician, educator, and clinical supervisor. She is a clinical fellow of the American Association for Marriage and Family and has served on its state and national boards. One of her specialties is helping her clients navigate uncertainty in their relationships and overcome the emotional challenges that come with their fertility journeys. Dr. Lori combines her licensed clinical background and personal experience into a holistic and therapeutic approach. She lives in Hermosa Beach, California, and in her spare time, she enjoys salsa dancing, traveling, reading, and riding her motorcycle. (laughs) Well, Dr. Lori, it is my absolute joy and honor and privilege to have you as a guest today, and I want to thank you for your openness of heart to share your journey with me and my audience. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm truly honored to be here to talk about my journey um, as a clinician and also as someone, you know, who has struggled with this issue personally, so I'm really looking forward to sharing my message. And and I'd love to speak to what you said about how it impacts the intimate relationship, because that is something that we don't talk a lot about. I think, you know, first and foremost, we're uncomfortable talking about sexual intimacy and relationships, um, but I think the conversation is advancing. But, you know, sex sex can still be a taboo topic. And, you know, so so then if you are having issues with, with reproducing, and then you have to seek out, you know, medical intervention and here you have a medical doctor that is really analyzing every part of your you know reproductive cycle yes. so you know when we start to get into tracking um, you know cycle days and then looking at what are the periods of you know the are the times of the month where you know women are most fertile and right. and then you know and then you're giving the directive or the doctors are giving couples the directive of having what they call timed intercourse okay. and right. so so then we have it doesn't the issue sound like, of, it doesn't sound fun or sexy, right? Exactly. It's hard to access <laughs> your sexy when 
and someone's yes. telling you to do that. And, you know, right. and, and then that, that and, and then for some couples, too, if there are, you know, other traumas that have happened, you know, sexually or otherwise, yes. and that becomes another yes. issue, another layer that we have to deal with. Um, so I, I really try to kind of, again, create that space and for couples to talk about that and to normalize the discomfort because yes. there's, there's nothing sexy about being told, you know, yes. when you have to be intimate with your partner and yes. when you want to just this to happen naturally. So, right. yes, the, the sexual issues that we see come from that are, are really, are really powerful. And, and then another piece that you touched on too, Dr. Denise, was uh, just around how fertility impacts, you know, each person at, you know, at their core. So yes. for, for women, if, if I'm not able to reproduce, am I still a woman? And, yes. you know, and, and having, you know, your, your femininity or your masculinity tied to yes. your ability to reproduce. And, you know, how deflating is that when you think about, oh, this isn't happening, so am I, yes. am I woman enough or am I man enough? Yes. And, um, and who am I if, I if I can't do this, if I can't reproduce? And because those yes. are the messages that we're, we're also trying to, to navigate and field. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I can also see there being like a developmental task in not wanting to blame the other spouse. So let, let's say it really is not me. Let's say it's really not Absolutely. me. It really is yeah. the man, you know, Absolutely. or vice versa. I mean, Absolutely. I would imagine that, you know, people, oh, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But it, the longer that this goes on, there's going to be a period where they might be angry at the other person, right? I might blame them. Yeah. And then how are you intimate with someone that you're angry at or that exactly. you're blaming? You know, and then that puts another edge, another wedge into this this whole thing. It's it's just, it's very complex. It's really complex. And I was, you know, I was scrolling um, through social media and I saw a meme that just really epitomized that. Like when you're, when you're the crux of your anger at your spouse and you're not, you know, you're not trying to be blaming or what have you, but then you're being, you know, your cycle dictates at this moment that you have to be intimate. Yes. Yes. And, and I, it, it was such a funny meme in and of itself because sometimes you have to find the humor and the pain, um, yes, you know, when true. you've been, when you've been swimming in it for such a long time, that's um, true. you know, I, I do recommend distract healthy doses of distraction within reason yes and so I, I allowed myself to chuckle at that because you know it just represented the humanness and the difficulty and the complexity as you said around you know navigating navigating that yes yes mm-hmm. yes so we've talked about this a little bit but why mm-hmm. is it so difficult talking about fertility issues it is so difficult to talk about fertility issues for a variety of reasons that I think also might be cultural. Um, there might okay. be some cultural implications there. Okay. You know, but first and foremost, I mean, you know, we, we just didn't really talk about it before because, you know, people were having children younger. And, and I right. think that when, um, you know, people were getting married earlier, having children earlier, it just became the thing to do. And it kind of, you know, there was just, we really didn't talk about, you know, we weren't really talking about mental health issues in general. We weren't talking about a lot of difficult things. So I think as society, as we've kind of evolved, um, you know, that our conversations about some of our struggles have evolved as well. Um, But I I do know within the, you know, the black community and the Asian community and the Latino community that the conversations have been somewhat delayed in comparison to the white communities. And I don't have the 
I don't have the clear data. I'm really going okay. by what I've seen in my clinical practice and also yes. um, in the support groups that I have run as well. Um, I okay. know for for most women of color, what I've sensed is there's a there, there's a lot of shame, um, yes. much tied to yes. this idea of if I can't, you know, pro- reproduce, then what does that mean about me as a woman? Um, yes. But also, you know, we have this issue within the black community that, you know, talking about mental health issues um, has been taboo. And, you know, yes. I think there's been a push within the last few years to change that narrative and yes. end the stigma. And we've seen a lot of campaigns on social media to do to do that. Um, so I feel like talking about fertility issues is like one step behind that. Um, okay. You know, I'm seeing the conversation increase for sure, but it's still definitely not there in the same way. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting because black women are actually twice as likely to have fertility issues. Really? 50, wow. Yes. But 50% less likely to seek help for them. So yeah. that data is really staggering. And, you know, and I think what I've also heard and, you know, again, I'm, I don't have the clear data, but, you know, these stereotypes sometimes about black women's fertility. And, you know, so this idea that if we're, you know, that we shouldn't be having any issues. Um, and right. so, I, you know, and, and if nobody's talking about it in your community and you feel like you're the only one and, um, and, your, child, and your friends around you are having children quite easily, right. then that also contributes to the silence that people feel in, in terms of talking about, you know, hey, my husband and I or my partner and I are really struggling to have a child and, you know, right. I don't know what to do. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So then what is assisted reproductive technology or ART? Yes. So as you stated, um, ART is assisted reproduction technology and it is okay. the surgical removal of you know, a woman's eggs from her ovaries okay. and, com- right. and combining them with, with sperm and, and allowing them to grow in, in a lab okay. and then at a, at a certain point uh, returning that fertilized egg to the woman's uterus in hopes okay. that conception will occur. So, so that is um, part of, like, the IVF process. Okay. Um, it, it can also um, include what we call IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, um, and okay. then we have IVF. Um, and then we also have, um, there are other, the, the technology is just amazing in terms of how it's advancing um, because within the IVF world or ART, mm-hmm. or, um, you will also be able to, they can do testing on the embryos to determine um, you know, if there are any genetic kind of issues. Okay. Um, they also are experimenting with um, actually doing more fertilization between the sperm and the egg within the fallopian tube, or, you know, and returning it to the fallopian yes. tube to trying to mimic natural, the natural reproductive cycle as much as possible. So I think, you know, ART is just a really big umbrella um, okay. that, has various, that has various levels of intervention depending on what the issue is and what, you know, what, what the couple or individual needs. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it sounds very, very expensive. And, yeah. and I wonder if the expense is going to be prohibitive for probably a lot of people of color. Um, you know, 
And that's a great question. Yes, it, it, it can be expensive. Um, and I also think you have to be really mindful of just looking at what your insurance company will cover because there are certain insurance plans that do include oh, really? fertility. Okay. Yes. So, you know, I always you know, encourage my clients to, to check what, the, you know, what, what their company's uh, insurance plan has to offer. Um, and there are varying levels of intervention, as I stated earlier. And I, okay. and I can't stress that enough because, yes, if you think, oh, my gosh, you know, ART means I'm going to have to spend, you know, $20,000, of course, you know, it's really going to overwhelm people and, you know, people will not seek services. But, you know, even before you get to that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when I encounter someone who's struggling and I, in, in my sessions, I, I ask them, you know, first of all, in addition to, you know, just honoring their path and how they got there, I, you know, I do ask them, you know, what have you been able, have you gotten tested? Do you know what your hormone levels are? Okay. Um, and, you know, and there are just some tests that are very inexpensive okay. that can give okay. people, um, you know, and even if it's not covered by insurance. And, and I right. realize, you know, you know, spending a couple of hundred dollars is still, you know, that's still, you know, a, that's still a lot of money. Um, yes, yes, it is. Um, comparatively speaking, to the twenty thousand, and you know, in terms of being able to get some answers, you know, it's it's important to kind of consider: is that helpful to give you the information? Because okay. sometimes having information helps helps soothe the anxiety. And so when we don't have and when we don't have the information, then we're going to fill in the blanks with the worst case right. scenarios. Yes. So sometimes yes. just knowing little things about um, you know, about uh, just where your numbers are, your hormonal levels. Um, okay. are, are, and, and so what I would end up doing, actually, when I was going through IVF, and I would mm-hmm. actually get my, my regular medical doctor to do the, the blood work instead of paying okay. the, 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 the specialist to do it because okay. if I had the specialist do it, my insurance wouldn't cover it. But, my, right. you know, if my, in, if my internist did, then, and then it would get covered, and they okay. would, you know, they could, they could code it differently. So there are some yeah. tricks to the tr- the trade that um, I think can help people you know, get 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 the answers that they need um, and to okay. do it in an ethical way um, that right. you know to still get the answers that they need but just to kind of figure out okay you know what when you're starting out you don't necessarily need to go right to IVF right and right. that is not that's not what they're suggesting and okay. and most doctors you know will you know, take you along or let you know what to expect at each, at each stage. But, um, okay. but I will say this too, I think it's so important for people who are going through this struggle and, and I, um, and I wish more doctors were saying this when couples were, you know, or individuals are presenting with fertility issues. It's to seek out help immediately, um, yes. you know, to seek the help of a therapist, um, yes. a therapeutic coach, a licensed, you know, um, a licensed mental health professional who specializes in fertility issues because that is, you know, and when we were talking about the mind-body connection yes. earlier, um, Dr. Alice Domar, who's a, a psychologist um, uh, at the University of Massachusetts, um, mm-hmm. who started the first mind-body program for fertility patients. And so her wow. data is really groundbreaking and helping okay. us learn that, you know, whether or not we know if, it's the stress or not that co- that causes the infertility or is the infertility causes the stress. She's, you know, she found that, you know, if we have certain tools to manage the anxiety, the depression, or, you know, any of the symptoms that come up, we get to improve our chances. So I really hope that, you know, anybody who needs to hear this, 
you know, can yes. hold on to, you know, these strategies that we're talking about for managing the emo- our emotions okay. and managing the stress are only there to help you improve, you know, your yes. outcome. And yes. we found that when, you know, people were going through a program, a, a, you know, really structured mind-body program where they learn these techniques, that they had a 50%, an, an increase of 50% in terms of their nice. pregnancy outcomes. So, so it's very promising. So, yeah. Excellent. So that's a lot. <laughs> excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think this is an excellent place for a break. Please join us after the break when my guest, licensed mental health professional, Dr. Lori Johnson, who practices in Hermosa Beach, California, will talk more about the fertility journey and pregnancy loss. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing, and I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the topic for today's show is the fertility journey and pregnancy loss, traditional and holistic tools to manage the unexpected and the unimaginable. And my guest is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Lori Johnson, who practices in Hermosa Beach, California. So mm-hmm. is there any stigma regarding fertility issues or, or the fertility procedures? Well, as far as the stigma regarding fertility issues, I, you know, sometimes I think I, I've noticed for, for men and, you know, being able to honor that, you know, they might have issues with their sperm. And, you know, there's right. sometimes I think this, you know, this, attachment to being able to reproduce and, you know, like not being able to look at, oh, there's an right. issue with morphology or motility or what have you. Right. Um, so um, that I think is, that stigma has been, I think, pretty, um, pretty powerful for men. And then okay. I think for women, um, it's, I, I just think, you know, it, it's not, I think the stigma that women are experiencing is, is just, what, who am I if I'm not able to reproduce and right. I'm not able to have a child? Right. And so, yeah. And right. I think, and as far as what you were saying regarding the procedures per se, yeah. I, I don't think there's, there used to be a little bit more shame associated with, you know, oh, I had to conceive my children via IVF. But I think, again, as we see that more couples are speaking about their journeys, um, it right. is de- it's decreasing that stigma as you right. see more people around you do it, so you know that you're not the only one. 
Right. You know, they're not the only right. one experiencing this. Right. You know, the mm-hmm. thought that I had about uh, the stigma regarding the procedures, you know, I still know some very old school Christian types mm-hmm. that don't don't take well to the idea of man, you know, let's just say yeah. taking some sperm and taking some eggs and like mixing yeah. it up and then doing something yeah. with it and then yeah. putting it back in there. I yeah. mean, some yeah. of them have yeah. a very strong belief yeah. That you know, man doing that would be outside of what God's, uh, you know, I don't know, intent or, or intent, best practices yeah. would be, right? So, yeah, what what yeah. would you say to that? Because I'm sure that we probably have some people in the audience that might be, you know, thinking that way or feeling that way. You know, and absolutely, and you know, and it's funny that you should say that because whenever I feel like I have a question like this, I, I, um, I one that is deeply rooted in in, right. in religion i wish i could talk to my dad about this <laughs> he's, very, he's, he's very learned about that you know about okay. this topic uh, about the bible in ways that i i just yes. i'm not and you know and i i totally respect that that wealth of, of knowledge um right. you know and and so i first and foremost i just honor that you know that that's a very real consideration um right. And, you know, and so I also honor that. I, I just believe, I mean, we talk about this balance between science and, you know, and God. And yes. I just, God, I, but I also believe that if we believe that all things kind of come from God, then yes. this is something that God created too. Um, yes. So I, I see this as a branch of what was created from above. Um, yes. And that's how I see, that's how I see therapy too, because I work with, yes. with clients who are, um, who are struggling with, you know, even wanting to come to therapy because, and are feeling like they're not good Christians for seeking out yes. therapy, that somehow they're, they're not yes. faithful enough. And I'm like, oh, right. no, absolutely. You know, this doesn't right. mean that you're not faithful. This is just right. about getting, you know, a little bit more of a blueprint for how to manage and, do, right. and, and weaving that in with the blueprint that you're getting biblically. And so right. I think, you know, it's not saying that you – you know, and it's using the, the two um, together as opposed to saying, you know, it's therapy or it's the Bible. Absolutely right. not. Right. Absolutely right. not. I think you can see so many parallels. And so, yeah. um, you know, so that's what I, that's the message that I try to convey yeah. while also honoring, you know, the very real concern and, you know, a, right. a, a belief system about really, you know, messing with what God has intended. And, um, right. you know, and so I, I definitely am not, you know, trying to, tell anybody not to feel that way. Um, I think you have to, you know, just really honor that. And, um, and I just come from this position of, I just believe that, you know, this is all coming from God. But I also know that we have to honor the the difficult, you know, um, you know, the the, the difficult kind of ethical issues, because, you know, sometimes we are seeing now that, you know, like, and we're having to answer questions about what to do with couples who have created multiple embryos that they no longer can use. And, and, and we're also seeing, um, you know, and, but also what's happening with some of this is that, you know, people who have these additional embryos, they're donating them to couples who, you know, really want to be, you know, parents. And so, um, you know, so it's it's definitely a tricky conversation, it and is. I just think it's important to create that space and honor that, and right. and be and because you know some people have had you know some ethical concerns about you know well what happens if we make more embryos, and again right. that's why having having the conversation with your doctor, your medical yes. doctor is so important because there is a branch of IVF that's called what we call mini IVF, so okay. <clears throat> and. 
and, and how it's considered mini is because it, it's, it's kind of like IVF light. So if IVF okay. means that you are taking, um, you know, a, what we call a full protocol of, you know, medications, um, okay. these are, um, you know, you're kind of injecting twice a day. You're really trying to okay. get as many eggs as you can. So right. sometimes, you know, like, you know, you see women producing 10 eggs in one cycle. Um, okay. with, with many IVFs, that they might be taking just Clomid with, you know, small doses of, of, of other meds to boost egg production, but the expectation is only producing one or two eggs at okay. a time. Right. And so that can be another option for people who are worried about producing way too yeah. many eggs or having way too many embryos. Um, right. But it's important to talk with your medical doctor to see, you know, just what's going to make sense in terms of cost as well and, you know, Yes, because and, and also just knowing how your body is going to respond to the procedures. So, yes, but yeah, well, yeah, it just it just mm-hmm. goes to show again, it is more complex um, than it absolutely. looks. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It certainly is. Yeah. So. Can I have you talk some about the pain surrounding infertility, pregnancy loss, and miscarriage? Absolutely. Um, I, I probably should share a little bit about my journey and my pregnancy losses because, you know, I, I did get married later in life in my late 30s, and so um, I'd never been pregnant and didn't know if I could get pregnant, and then I decided, right. you know, to stay, I was like six months after we got married, and, and I was aware of my age, but I was like, okay, let's, well, yeah, I guess we should try, and, right. Um, right. And, and I was actually one of those women who never worried about her fertility, um, and I was seeing women get pregnant, you know, in their late 30s, 40s no problem so I just figured I would be one of them and um and I got pregnant quite easily the first couple of times um within a within a month or two of trying and so my first pregnancy um ended in what we call a missed miscarriage which is where you you know the 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 baby fetus is not growing um and 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 has basically died and your body hasn't really passed it yet so, um, and uh, so I chose to what we do, what we call miscarry, na- miscarry naturally, which means I did okay. not want to have a, a DNC. Um, okay. I wanted to allow my body to take course naturally, and so. Yes. Um, and so I did end up miscarrying, um, and which they say is kind of like a period, but it was worse than than, than a period for, for me. Okay. Um, and, All right. And that happened at 11 weeks. And then my second pregnancy, um, again, happened rel- relatively easily, and um, and we lost that baby um, in our second trimester due to Down syndrome. Um, and, yeah, so that was... Um, so you just and and I think just experiencing the first miscarriage and knowing that it's common but still kind of going through you know this the sense of loss and asking myself right. did I have a right to be sad about this or you know women right. go through this all the time um, you know I really wanted to get through that pain as quickly as I could and um, you know so that was my first kind of experience with with miscarriage after the first loss and then going into the second pregnancy there was a lot of fear around um, you know just miscarriage again you know yes, and yes. what I didn't know was just that you know pregnancy symptoms or excuse me you know miscarriage symptoms spotting 
things like that can actually okay. be the same as, you know, implantation or, you know, just so many of the symptoms right. really mimicked themselves in the first okay. trimester. So there was okay. this intense anxiety with this, with the, the second pregnancy. And so as we approached the first trimester or the end of the first trimester, you know, I was still super anxious, but also, you know, and I'm worried about, you know, miscarriage again. And, uh, right. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, moving into the second, you know, trimester, and that's, I'd gotten my, my, my blood work back that something was wrong and, you know, and we did some testing which confirmed that and then, you know, and as we're kind of thinking about what, you know, just settling into what this is going to be and then, right. you know, our son just, you know, had other, had other plans. Um, so we lost him and, um, and so by that point, um, I think that was, and when I talk about pregnancy loss, I think for me that was my most significant loss. Um, All right. And, and I think when I, and, and, I, and that was my second of, of four, which, you wow. know, I, I think every loss really changes you in different ways. And so, okay. and so when we lost our son, I, I just really went into this space of despair and um, disbelief. Um, you know, that this was happening to me. I think I was right. really in a daze for a long time. And, and so then, you know, also, you know, just knowing, you know, my age and, and then my doctor, you know, was really encouraging me to, to move forward because, you know, just because of biology. And it's like mm -hmm. it's hard to move forward, you know, yes. with these measures when you're just really right. so trying to cope emotionally. So right. I learned a lot about how to navigate pain and, okay. and, and really understanding the stages of grief from a personal perspective and not yes. just from a clinical one. Yes. Um, yes. And then, you know, feeling pushed into the IVF world, which I think is a very intense world um, and we went through we I did many IVF I started off with okay. doing what we call the full protocol and that wasn't okay. really a good fit, good fit for me and so I did the mini IVF and okay and um, and so to do that even for after a year and a half and to, I only we only got a chemical pregnancy out of that so a, a chemical pregnancy is basically a very early miscarriage um, okay. so you know, so I think it was, and I think, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're familiar with Gabrielle Union's um, story, um, her fertility journey, but when she just talked about living in the state of disappointment after just kind of, you know, because so much of this process is based on disappointment, um, right. that was kind of par for the course for me. So pregnancy loss is, is it's an interesting one. It's an interesting, it's an interesting journey. Um, I've 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 met some really amazing women along in that along that journey. You know, okay. that's really helped I think me learn how to navigate my grief differently, and has also empowered me to help others navigate theirs. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, it's, yes. it's 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 yeah. So when we're learning how to work with clients who are dealing with grief in graduate school and in our training, I'm like, you know what, this, yes. this, this, I felt so ill-prepared and, you know, and I, and I can see all the grief work that I had done before and, and in how it's changed now or, you know, as, as since I've gone through my own journey. Um, yes. I'm, I'm much more attuned to the process for my clients because of what I've gone through. And, right. um, and so right. I, I just always let people know it's, it's, it's your journey. It's your journey yes. and, and it's your timeline. And yes. it's your grief, and you yes. have to honor it in ways that are 
that are meaningful to you. So, right. so my so my journey has been an honor, you know, of my children that are on the other yes. side. Um, yes. And, and, yes. And, and hopefully, you know, if one or two decide to come, I'm, I'm open to that as well. But, you know, it's just honoring. You just have to take it day by day. Now, how did you know that you had gotten to the other side of the whole grief and loss? Um, that is a uh, that is a great question. Um, I knew well. First of all, I, I want to just normalize the fact that you know sadness has will, will always be there. Um, yeah. And and I didn't I didn't quite understand that. Um, and I struggled with that. I was really mad about that. Like, oh my goodness, oh, am yeah. I not doing this? Am I not grieving properly? Or right, right. And and this is where it has been you know, just immensely helpful to have other women who've suffered pregnancy losses, you know, who are further along remind me that, okay. you know, how normal that is. And the fact that I still might cry once a week or once every couple okay. of weeks or not um, is okay. Um, yes. But I noticed when I started to laugh more okay. and, and part of um, and part of, you know, my love of travel, which I've always been a traveler, but mm-hmm. I, I, I've called our travel these last few years, I've affectionately called it our grief tour because, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you know, because again, when you're living in a state of disappointment, constant disappointment, you know, it is so important to find joy wherever you can. It is. It is. And so, you know, I couldn't be sad if I was planning a trip for us yes. you know, to go somewhere. Yes. And, and so in some ways it became our therapy. Um, okay. it, it, became, it became time away from, you know, the space within our house and our work where, you know, just everything was associated with disappointment. Yes. And, yes. And, and we knew that we were stronger than that. So, yes. you know, it just became our thing. And, you know, and people would make little comments about how much we would travel or what have you. And, I was just like, <laughs> you know, and but nobody really knew what we were going through either. You know, okay. only a select right. few really knew the extent of our losses and, you all know, right. and all of the IVF and, and, and things like yes. that. And so, so our, our core people knew and they, they were like, we, we got you. We got you. Do, yes. do what you need to do. Yes, we support yes. you in this. And Wonderful. and it really and it really allowed us you know time to nurture our relationship, which is something I talk about so much with yes. my clients. Yes, which was the next thing so, I was going to ask you is how yeah. can women nurture themselves mm-hmm. and, and the relationship yes. while they're going yes. through this. Absolutely. And, you know, it is so easy to lose sight of your partner during this journey. You know, we can get so focused on being the best patients that we can be. We might be following, you know, whatever fertility diet has worked for somebody else that we heard of in one of our support groups. And and, and there's nothing wrong with taking pride in, you know, and how you take care of yourself and and all of that. But and at the same time, it can happen to such an extreme that it becomes alienating as opposed to unifying. Yes. And so yes. I always recommend, you know, you know I, I, when I work with couples who are struggling, I ask them, what were you doing when you were courting, when you were dating? Yes. You know, yes. what fun things, you know, what fun things did you used to do? Yes. Do it. 
well, I don't have the money. There are lots of free things to do. Let's get some, you know, <laughs> let's yes. Google. Let's get on yes. Google. What fun, yes. what fun things can you do? Um, have a date with your city, you know. I mean, yes. plap, you know, get, get a, you know, make lunch from home and bring it, you know, and have a little, you know, get go to the park. And there's yes. so many ways to create this, to, this, this very, um, you know, um, intentional time, yes. you know, to support your couple relationship. And yes. you just cannot lose sight of that. So it doesn't have to yes. look as extreme as traveling or, or what have you, you know, because I know that this journey can be expensive. There's so many ways, right. of, you know, just along the continuum that, 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 that I think, you know, couples can do. So yes. um, whatever makes you, whatever made you, your, you know, a sense of who you are as a couple before is what yes. you need to be doing now. Yes. Well, I think this is an excellent place for a break. Please join us after the break when my guest, licensed mental health professional, Dr. Lori Johnson, who practices in Hermosa Beach, California, will talk more about the fertility journey and pregnancy loss. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing, and I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the topic for today's show is the fertility journey and pregnancy loss, traditional and holistic tools to manage the unexpected and the unimaginable. And my guest is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Lori Johnson, who practices in Hermosa Beach, California. Mm-hmm. So I know we talked about this a little bit. How does yes. traditional talk therapy help? Yes. So, you know, traditional talk therapy helps because it provides a place for people to be seen and to be heard. Okay. You know, talking to friends is helpful and family members, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, the licensed mental health professionals and, you know, therapeutic coaches and you know we have a unique perspective and in terms of being able to listen um in a very validating way um and 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 to also kind of help couples go deeper in ways that you know might not be appropriate for family and friends you know to to do um so and we know that therapy is helpful um because you know it's one of the things that we know or the element of therapy that's helpful is that you know people heal when they feel heard 
And yes, they do. So, so sometimes if you're talking to a fertility, you know, to, excuse me, to a friend about a fertility issue, you know, they just might not have the training. And, and I think sometimes they say things that they think are helpful but that aren't. Right. And, um, and one of the things that I really struggle with, um, because you'll hear people say this a lot, it's like, you know, just be positive. And, and, <laughs> and, when, and when you're feeling incredibly sad and in despair to hear, right. well, just, be, just be, focus on the, the positives. It's a very disorienting statement, mm-hmm. and, it doesn't, and it doesn't match that person's experience in that moment. Right. And right. I get what people are trying to do, and and believe me, I I'm all about the gratitude. I, I write in my gratitude journal every yes. day, but I'm also very aware that you have to honor the steps in order to get there, and that is what professionals, you know, have, where we have the skill set that friends and family yes. don't always have. Some do, but not always. So, so that's right. where I feel like having you know that space is is helpful. That's wonderful. So, yeah, how can spirituality help? Yes. So, you know, with that being the overarching, you know, kind of organizing principle, it's like, yes. you know, that is, you know, we, 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 that's our belief system, right? So, yes. you know, these are the things that we know are, you know, are to be true. So yes. knowing that there is a higher power out there is, is, is just, um, it, it's, you know, we just, we just know that with every fiber of our being. So that becomes the blueprint. And, yeah. you know, so I think spirituality is incredibly grounding and comforting. And, yeah. and so I ask people in session to really pinpoint, you know, well, what elements of how you express your faith um, or spirituality feel grounding to you? What, what feels comforting? Yeah. And, right. you know, so then that also becomes part of the, the self-care plan that I help them, yeah. you know, kind of create. But, but yeah, Excellent. so... Yeah, it could be scriptures, it could be a, it could be a sermon, yes. you know, and yes. so that might mean, okay, let's make sure that you're reading this every day, or you're yes. listening to this whenever you can, um, yes. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I also think that, you know, there are so many things in life that happen to us that we have no answers for in the natural, Absolutely. that when you, have, when you have some spiritual practice or belief system, usually those systems have comfort for things that are unanswerable, right? And Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. And that's another reason why it helps, right? It really does. Be, and, you know, and one thing I would like to share about my story that really, I think, illustrates that is because, when, you know, my last pregnancy loss, you know, right before that, my doctor basically confirmed that I was not going to get pregnant naturally. And I had done, I had done this test that had showed that, you know, I had one tube completely, one fallopian tube completely blocked, and the other tube was like, you know, partially blocked to a point where it's like, you know, this isn't going to happen. And, and then I still got pregnant naturally. So, and and so, so that last loss was, you know, it was, it was sad, but I get chills just even talking about it because that is such confirmation. So I always ask people to, you know, look for that confirmation and ways that you're getting this message, you know, that you are, that you are supported, that God is with you. um, Even, you know, even when you're just feeling a little off, because they're there they're there yes. just you know sometimes we just have to turn down the internal noise to be able to yes. see it mm-hmm. yes excellent excellent mm-hmm. so how can alternative or holistic supports like mm-hmm. reiki and other methods be helpful 
I love to talk about alternative um, healing methods. Um, you know, Reiki is one of the it's one of the many that that I have used, and and I think it's so. Um, it's such a beautiful art form, and it's very similar to what I experienced in the church, where it's just yes. laying hands. It's laying hands. Yes. It's yeah. laying hands. Yes, and, it is. You know, and, and so, you know, and, and, and so it's beautiful to see how that act of laying hands um, is, is present in other cultures. And so that's, yeah, that is the, 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 the kind of Eastern, you know, right. uh, Japanese um, method of, of healing. And, and we yeah. have that in our own. So, so it's just another way of kind of um, laying hands on an individual. And, um, and so typically when I'm doing a Reiki session, you know, pray beforehand. And, yeah. um, and just calling on God to just kind of direct the energy wherever it needs to go. But even the act yes. of laying hands is a very healing kind of practice. So that yes. is the intention that, you know, that I bring to, to that. And, um, and I also encourage people to kind of lay hands on themselves and to kind of do their own prayer as they are, you know, yes. kind of ushering in that energy. Yes. And, um, and so, in addition to to Reiki, there. Um, and let me just you know, let me just ask. Oh, yeah. Let me just ask uh-huh. about Reiki in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, my uh-huh. my other understanding about it is that when people have problems, let's say, okay, with the fertility system in the body, that a lot mm-hmm. of times the there it might be an energy blockage. And yes. that part of what Reiki does is that you know, the, the hands have a lot of energy in them. And Absolutely. when you move them certain ways and, and you have a certain intent, it can literally help the body move along the energy in the area that might be a problem. Did I get it kind of right? Or? You did. You did. I, you know, the other, ele- the other piece to that is, you know, the energy is usually going to go where it needs to go. And, okay. and so even though we might be laying hands, I mean, we, the control isn't always with us per se, okay. but it's from, oh. it's from God. It's from God through us. Yeah. So that is another, you know, so that's, that's how I see it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and, and I think that, and, and, and I guess the other thing too is just, you know, when I think about my Reiki training that I did with them. And I remember this one woman who was going through cancer treatments at the time. And, okay. and so we all just like sat around and we laid our hands on her and, and she, I, I feel like it was um, maybe not the next session that she went to her doctor but her numbers were getting better after we had this group kind of healing session. So we know prayer works and we know, so laying hands as well. Um, And so we were trying to direct it in one area, but um, I think it was, um, but I think with this particular client, she was, you know, the energy was going someplace else and that's where the doctor kind of noticed this, but, and that's okay, okay, you know, because it's all, you know, it's all divinely ordered is I guess my point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. So you were going to talk about some other holistic or alternative methods that you know about? Yes, I'd also love to talk about acupuncture and okay. massage, which are two other methods that I think you know, as we're talking about energy, um, okay. are 
pretty are pretty powerful. Um, you know, acupuncture has really good. Um, you know, there's really good data about acupuncture. You know, yes. and IVF results. Um, okay. It can produce, and and this is a very interesting system too because um, you know it, it it obviously it comes from Eastern medicine, and yes. when you think about traditional Chinese medicine, it actually predates Western medicine. Right. So right. For, so for people who are really wanting to um, do things more naturally, this and and are struggling with um, you know taking you know a lot of hormones or you yes. know self injections, yes. acupuncture you know can be another way of okay. helping your body relax and manage stress um, okay. in order to um, prepare yourself you know f- you know to to carry a child. Um, Excellent. And then massage is an, another beautiful uh, kind of tool for you okay. know helping the body relieve stress and you know producing relaxing effects. And so I think whatever makes you feel good is you know right. is important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how can people go about? I'm going to say finding reputable people that do al- alternative or holistic practices. Like how do they go about? you know, finding the right, I guess, clinicians in those areas. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, personally, I think it's easier to find a good acupuncturist and massage therapist okay. than, than a Reiki practice. Right, right exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, Reiki is a very interesting art form, and so... Um, you know, and I think for some people who are new to alternative methods, it can be hard to kind of access. So, okay. um, and so finding, and also finding a good practitioner is, 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 is difficult as well, just because, you know, we might have referral sources in place for acupuncturists and massage therapists and, and, and also mental health therapists, but we don't necessarily have that for, um, you know, for, for Reiki. And, um, and so it is word of, word of mouth. So once you start to interface with these, you know, holistic communities, usually, you know, you can, you know, you can talk with people to see, okay, who have they gone to and right. how did they feel? And, and sometimes it is about, you know, kind of trial and error with regards to, to Reiki. Um, but, um, but like I said, it's usually a little bit easier with acupuncture and, and massage for sure. Right. right. Yeah. So with Reiki, I, though, you have to you mm-hmm. have to at least like do some sort of like this like a standard educational protocol maybe or yeah, there are different levels. Level- protocol. Yeah. Yes, there are different. There are three different levels of training, and um, and so it and you kind of do that over the course of a couple of years, and okay. and so and. And sometimes I think you have to, you know, and, and depending on whether person, the person is level one, level two, or Reiki master, that okay. also indicates, you know, how extensive their training has, has been. Okay. Um, but, but I also would be asking, you know, I would be asking the practitioner to, you know, for them to tell you a little bit about their journey and how they approach it, because that can also give you some information about how much they are um, like how attuned they are to their own practice and how present they right. are with it um, right. and you know, how, how they can kind of guide you through that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you this has been a fascinating show. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank you so much for being You're a welcome. guest today. I, I love the idea of, like I said, not only talking about the medical piece and the mental health piece, but also talking about the alternative and holistic piece. Because, again, I think that when clients can have these things, 
integrated into whatever they're doing, I think that they have the best outcome as opposed to doing any one thing, you know, by itself. Absolutely. So thank you for, you know, being an example of how those things can come together so well, so nicely. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And how can the audience contact you if they wanted more information? So I can be reached via Instagram at Dr. Lori Johnson, and that's Dr. L-O-R-E-E Johnson, or I can be reached via my website at drlaurijohnson.com. Excellent, excellent. So at the end of my show, I always ask my guests to either say a prayer or a blessing or an affirmation over the audience about today's topic. So I'm going to ask you to do that for me now. Okay. Giving thanks to our Creator from whom all blessings flow. So I want to thank, give thanks for, for being here and, you know, for, to have this platform to educate and to help and to inspire others who need it. Just being thankful of, you know, being in a space and being able to be of service to others who need it and providing that comfort. And in the name of your Father, our Father, Amen. Amen and Amen. As we continue in prayer, Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you, O God, for another opportunity to speak your name. I praise you and thank you, O God, for giving us a venue in the marketplace, O God, where your name has the preeminence, O God. I lift up my wonderful guest to you today, O God, Dr. Lori Johnson, O God. I thank you, O God, how you've had your hand on her life from the time she was in her mother's womb, O God. I thank you, O God, how you have been with her, O God, and have encouraged her and undergirded her, O God, even through her own pain and loss of pregnancy, O God. I thank you, O God, that those things in her life, O God, that caused her grief, O God, I thank you that from those things in her, O God, you have resurrected life, not only for her, O God, but to give her the grace to now give back to others the things that you have poured into her. I thank you for the hope that that inspires. I thank you for the inspiration that that inspires, O God, and I speak peace and life and love and blessings and healing over her and all the clients that you bring across her path, O God. I speak today, O God, over those women who find themselves having difficulty conceiving and those women who have suffered the loss of miscarriage, O God. I speak life into them now, O God. I thank you, O God, that we can take authority over whatever is hindering them in this area, O God. And I thank you that through you, through their spirit, through the wisdom of science, O God, you will give them the faith and the answer, O God. Those that need to be comforted, O God, I thank you that you will do a special thing for them this day, O God, to show them that they are not alone, that you are still with them, that you are still working things out on their behalf. I ask you to minister to them gently and tenderly, right at the point of their need, O God, regarding their questions, their answers, and their pain. I just commit to this topic. I commit these sweet ones. I commit this radio station. I commit my guests. I even commit myself into your hands in the name of your son, whom I adore dearly. Amen and amen. You have been listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing, and I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And this show will be available to you 
to listen to on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash spiritual principles for emotional healing. Because I am believing God that as you repeatedly listen to these prayers, He will heal your brokenness the same way He has used these prayers to minister to my brokenness. And lastly, I want you to always remember where your spirit leads, your emotions, power, and destiny will follow.